This week's show is brought to you by Loot Crate, the official sponsor of Enchanted Tiki Talk. Loot Crate is the world's greatest subscription box for geeks, gamers, pop culture, and Disney fans like you. Start your subscription now at www.lootcrate.com slash tiki talk. Vahini Mekioni Mana, ladies and gentlemen, no flashbulbs, please. Our performers are temperamental and easily upset. Thank you for your cooperation. Oh, look at all the people. My goodness, you're all staring at us. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait, we forgot to wake up the glee club. Hey, howdy, hey, and thank you for joining us here on Enchanted Tiki Talk. We're your hosts. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. And I'm Alan. So grab yourself a Dole Whip, pull up a chair, and enjoy the show. This is episode 86 for the week of June 14th, 2015. This week, Keith is away, and we've brought on one of our favorite listeners to this show to talk some Disney. Please welcome Carmen into the Tiki Hut. Welcome, Carmen. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. We are so thankful that you've come on. We also, You've also given us a, a great topic to discuss, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, but first, why don't you tell us about um, yourself and your love of Disney? As you know, we have a vlog called The Adventures of Peas and Carrots on YouTube. We decided to start sharing our love of Disney and other theme parks with everyone. We enjoy watching vlogs and listening to podcasts. It sort of keeps the magic going when you're away from Disney. And so we decided to start doing uh, a vlog ourselves and started that almost uh, six or seven months ago. So it's still pretty new for us. And um, I'm an unusual person in that I didn't go to Disney until I was an adult. Um, In fact, I was in my early 30s when I started going but I um, immediately fell in love with it, and we've been going pretty regularly ever since. And we usually get an annual pass and go down two or three times a year. Oh well, and, but, and you're pretty close too. So you're in North Carolina, so it's you're you can make it on a weekend, so it's not terrible for you, which is I guess a good thing. I don't think I could do a weekend. It's still a nine-hour drive, um, so we usually wait till we can go for a week at a time. Right. But we're definitely fortunate in that we can drive. Um, that cuts the cost down quite a bit. Right. What would you say, since you, you're, you're a recent person that has gone to the parks, what got you hooked into Disney at that time? Well, I did grow up on the movies. Um, that's back when they were only in theaters before <laughs> VCRs and everything. And they would release them every seven, every seven years to the theater. And my mom would take me to see them. And I had some sort of Disney record storybooks where you could play the songs and read the stories. And so my whole childhood, I was basically surrounded with Disney. Um, and so I always loved it. Um, we just financially weren't able to go as a family. And so when I was an adult, I definitely wanted to go. So we went, like I said, around my early 30s. And just fell in love with the park because we already love theme parks anyway and we love rides. And as everyone knows, Disney pretty much does it better than anybody. And it's a lot more immersive and I I like being in that Disney bubble (laughs) and getting away from the world. Um, So it's just one of those things that once we started, we had the bug and just kept going back. Yeah, I'm the same way. I know Alan is the same way. You know, and I try to go back as much as I possibly can. I mean, I can't, for me, you know, I'm 18 to 20 hour drive, so it's not exactly feasible for me to make a weekend trip. And even flying's gotten so expensive, so that's something that we just mm-hmm. can't do. But, um, you know, we try to go as often as we can, once a year, sometimes twice a year. So 
you know, and I love it. You know, it's for the same reasons. It's you know, it is Disney. They go above and beyond in a lot of ways. So it's 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 a fun it, in a lot of ways. Like you know, podcasting is, is a hobby, and also I, I also think that going to Disney is is a vacation, but it's also a hobby too in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I how agree. I look at it. So. Uh, you know, it's fun to talk to people like you and um, other listeners, other podcasters who share the same passion. Yeah, it's definitely a hobby for me. Um, I can't speak for Brian, who's not here tonight, but um, for me, it's absolutely a hobby. I like talking Disney. I like reading about Disney. Um, I like listening to the music from Disney. I like the movies. So yeah, it's definitely a hobby. All right. So you brought up a, a topic for us to discuss, to discuss here. It was... Um, it was pretty interesting. If you had a fairy godmother and you could instantly upgrade each of the four parks, what changes would you make? That's an interesting idea because there's there's things that are happening now to the parks that are being changed. Um, and there's things that need to be done to some of the parks that, you know, would be great to have happen to, especially with um, the studios being a half-day park and things closing left and right over there and more things closing soon. So it's really an interesting idea to discuss. So we're going to uh, do that right now. So why don't we start over at um, the Hollywood Studios, since I just talked about that. And uh, you tell us what you think, what kind of changes you would make, you know, for an instant, you know, fairy godmother to come over here and grant you a wish or two to make the change to the park. I think this is probably the easiest one to talk about because... I think everyone can agree it needs some love and, and quickly. <laughs> right. Um, and it's not happening quickly. It doesn't seem to be. Um, I'm actually fine with the proposed, you know, I think it's not official, but the proposed changes to have Star Wars land and Pixar land or something along that line. I just think they need a lot more to do and soon, but I also agree with taking the time to do it right, um, especially the Star Wars land. The Pixar land could still be individual rides and they don't necessarily need to be cohesive i don't think but for star wars land i think it needs to feel like you walked right into one of the movie set um you know it needs to be sort of i hate to bring it up but sort of like universal's harry potter i haven't even been to that yet but i've seen the pictures and that kind of immersiveness where you feel like you've left disney and you've gone into it doesn't even matter which movie, even though being the age I am, I'm a fan of the, the first three <laughs> more so than the second set. Right. But I really don't even care any of them. Pick one, pick a place that's iconic and, you know, recreate that whole um, land, so to speak, um, as well as just having the attractions. But I'm really excited to see what they do with those. But I don't know that I would change their ideas. I think they're fine. I would just encourage them to move up the timetable a little bit because they've closed a lot of things down but not put anything in its place i was just gonna say it's kind of depressing right now you know haven't been down but to see the park it's just it was never a a great park in terms of having tons to do all day but now it's worse right and i really enjoy the park i actually do still like to go now having an annual pass again makes that easier because i don't have to commit to being there a full day but I do still really love a lot of things about the park. Um, it, it's always been one of my favorites. It's you know, not my definite favorite, but it's now to me, though, it, it has a little bit of a ghost town feel to it where they've shut so many things down and you're left with a lot of shows and less attractions. And if you're a big Disney fan who goes two or three times a year, you don't want to watch the shows over and over and over again. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the shows. If I see a show once, I don't need to see it every single year. 
Right. You know, it's like one of those things like Indiana Jones. I haven't seen that, you know, probably eight years, something along those lines. It's just something I've been, I've seen so many times in the past. I don't need to repeat it again. Even like mm-hmm. when somebody brings it up now and just like, I don't know if I really want to go see it because it's, it's just not that it's dated. It's just it, nothing has changed. It's, it's not like going on rock and roller coaster where rock and roller coaster is a minute and a half, however long it is. And you get an instant thrill. Whereas you go to a show, it's, you know, a 20 minute long show. There's no, you don't have that instant thrill. You're not getting an adrenaline rush from it. So right. it's a little harder to sit there and enjoy one of the shows. And it takes a lot more time of your day as well. So that's one of the reasons why I do skip the shows, especially now with kids. It gets even harder because they might not necessarily want to sit there, um, you know, for 20, 30 minutes, you know, before the show starts or you're waiting in line and then you finally sit down and it's a really long show. Their attention spans aren't that long. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the studios need some love. And, you know, as far as like Star Wars goes, I, I just want to walk. I want a Millennium Falcon walkthrough. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean that would just be like the best thing you could, they could do. There's having a, some sort of attraction with the, the Millennium Falcon, but I mean mm-hmm. you could talk for hours on on things that you want to happen to Star Wars land. Um, but as far as like um, Pixar goes, I don't want it to be a direct clone of Cars Land over in California. And I would like to see more of uh, other Pixar movies represented, like The Incredibles. I mean, there's you know there's all talk about trying to get the Marvel into you know the parks here in Florida, which isn't going to happen, but the Incredibles is a a totally viable superhero option and they can make some sort of coaster or some sort of dark ride. And then the, you know, monsters Inc. coaster that's been rumored out there for so many years that with the doors and stuff like that, that's another option. I mean, Mm -hmm. you already have toy stories, toy story. So you don't need to do toy story. Then you have, um, um, even Wally, you could do something along with with the Wally line, where you can do, you know, it, maybe it belongs more in Animal Kingdom, but you know, convert, conservation, a things, a thing like that, some kind of show or something. I mean, but they have so many options with Pixar that I'm sure we're going to see something else happen with it in the not too distant future. I just like you said, I hope they move the timetable up because everything I've been hearing is not going to be for another five years. So. And mm-hmm. that studio, that's that place can't wait that long. I mean, that's definitely not worth $95 to get into that park if you buy a one-day park pass. Even right. $50 is kind of pushing it. I mean, I wouldn't – maybe I would go there and spend 50 bucks for the day, but anything more than that, I don't think I could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you both are spot on. It's the, – the, with the construction and – well, it, well, I don't even know if it's construction now. With just everything being closed, it's, it's not worth the money, and, and they need to go something now. But that's but how do you do that? How do you build something with quality quickly? And it just doesn't right. work that way. Um, you know, that's the big uh, knock against Disney and how long it takes them to, to build things. Uh, and, and I won't try to defend it. It does take them a long time, but uh, it takes a long time to develop excellent work. I mean, look how long, you know, uh, Michelangelo still painting the Sistine Chapel in uh, Space of Earth. It's not perfect overnight, people. But but seriously, they do need to do something quickly because, you know, Star Wars is going to be great and expanding Pixar Place is going to be nice. But, you know, if if that park stays the way it is for two, three, four years, it's going to be a ghost town before it ever gets anything open, which is just going to make the other parks that much worse. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you're right when you said, you know, you wouldn't pay the $95. When you start thinking of an individual day ticket, it really does make you consider it in a new light. Because like I said, with the annual pass, it's not a big deal. Go there for the morning, then leave. But I'm taking my nephews next summer, and so we are buying six tickets, like actual tickets, 
And that made me think, okay, how much time do we want to spend there? Right. Probably just one full day because for them, some of the shows will be new and that kind of thing. But otherwise, I, I don't see spending two days there. Whereas a few years ago, I probably would have done two days. Oh yeah, back in the back in the nineties when I used to go to the park, I I used to spend two days there just because the backlot tour was three hours long, you know, <laughs> two or three hours long, and that was a that was a the backlot tour was incredible, and there were so many things to see during that, you know, from Z- Residential Street to um, uh, the Tool Time they used to do. I think it was the Tool Time thing they used to do. Or they had a Tool Time. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was that's back then. Like the studios was magical. They just I wanted to I wanted to work there. I wanted to be a cast member there. You know. But going back in the two thousands, I'm like ah, you know what? I wouldn't walk. I wouldn't work here for you know for anything. You know, I would take any of the other parks instead of working at, at the studios just because it's lost. It's lost. It lost its magic touch. You know, it's not. It's not that um, that old Hollywood that you think of, you know, how grand it was. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's it's a shame what it's become, and but it can change and is going to change. So we just have to wait for it. Yeah, I mean, we just have to be patient, and and I know that's difficult um, as as paying guests, and and boy, do we pay a lot. So I know it's frustrating to to wait, but we're just gonna have to wait. And it's going to get better. It's going to get better, but it might get worse before it gets better. All right. So since we're pretty much done with the studios now, why don't we head over yeah, to Yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add. I mean, you guys pretty <laughs> much summed up the two best options. I mean, I did do several months ago when I was on Modern Mouse Radio, I talked about an Incredibles attraction that I would add. So, you know, go back and listen to Modern Mouse Radio uh, when I was on it, and you can hear my, my idea for, um, Josh calls it uh, armchair imagineering. So I armchair imagineered Hollywood Studios. So go go listen to his show. I'll plug his show right now. Y'all go listen to his show and, and hear what I said. Yeah, and Josh is a great guy too. So he is good podcast. So yeah. go check him out after you're done listening to us, of course. <laughs> of course. All right. So and listen go to- into peas and carrots and then watch them and then go listen to Josh <laughs> in that order. <laughs> Right, so let's head over to um, Animal Kingdom, and since Avatar Land is coming there, we don't have to worry about Avatar Land. But let's see what else we would discuss. So, uh, Carmen, why don't you Avatar? Add? No, no. <laughs> Avatar. Avatar. Well, if I had my fairy godmother and could instantly um, make a change and didn't have to wait for them to build it, and I would ditch Avatar Land and put in a Lion King Land or some other Disney property that ties in with Animal Kingdom. Um, I have nothing against Avatar. I liked it when it came out, but I just don't see a huge cult following. Um, it doesn't feel like it has the longevity that a lot of the Disney properties do. Um, so if, if I could wave the Fairy Godmother's magic wand, I would replace that with a fully immersive either a Lion King land or um, some other, I mean, I guess Bambi's too old now, I'm showing my age, but <laughs> some other animal-oriented. <laughs> Jungle Book would be good. Yeah. Oh, I love Jungle Book. That would be great, and that would fit right in. Um, or some combination of that, maybe little lands, like smaller lands with rides that go with whatever. That So, like, Lion King could be off Africa, and then I don't know where you put Jungle Book, maybe off of Asia. You know, sort of add in a little section around the park. And Mulan in Asia. Yes. I don't know what you would do with Mulan, but Mulan needs more the animal part. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she had the dragon, right? Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Well, and they could finally tie in that dragon that's on some of the signs when they were going to have Beastly Kingdom. Right, yeah. (laughs) They could take care of that with Mulan. (laughs) 
which I'll point that out to people and say, oh, you see the dragon? A dragon? Oh, yeah, I do see it. Yeah, it's not here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you. It's not real. Well, that's a great idea. I would. Uh, I think those are, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have an opinion on Avatar yet because it's not open and I'm not going to pass a, an opinion on that yet. But, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with it bringing in more Lion King. It's one of my favorite movies from my childhood. And uh, I mean, the Jungle Book, the music's great. That would That would fit well. I like your idea there. That's all you have? That's all I have. So what about you, Alan? I'm going to jump in a second here. I mean, I think, um, and I guess SeaWorld did this, but I, I think a an Arctic uh, environment would be great. You stole my um, idea. For penguins, <laughs> and you're welcome. But just, you know, I they did that at, at SeaWorld. They, they brought penguins in. Maybe, I, I don't know, I haven't been to SeaWorld since I was a kid, but uh, I seem to remember seeing something about that recently, but... Uh, I mean, an Arctic environment would be great. First of all, it's, I mean, in Florida in the summer, no one ever complains about going into a nice, cool room. Um, but, you know, there, there's an Arctic environment kind of at the, the zoo here in North Carolina. And, and it's fun to go see the, like, uh, the puffins and mm-hmm. uh, the penguins and, you know, maybe a polar bear. They bring up, not the polar bear is not inside, but you could do a polar bear. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of Arctic animals that, uh, could be brought in that would be a great exhibit and, and really i mean i think that's one of the cool parts about animal kingdom is yeah there's attractions and there's you know great disney type things but even though they claim it's not a zoo there is the zoo aspect and that's something that they could do with really great theming uh, that makes it better than the zoo so i'd love to see an arctic themed environment yeah i'm mean, like you said that's i i can spend hours looking at penguins i'm so fascinated by them mm-hmm. so them having some sort of arctic land there would definitely something that would be a must see for me on every trip you know just, be, just because like you know Alan says you've got a hot day you know that's where I'm going to, yeah. to cool off so you know having the Arctic would be it would be a huge hit and we all know that penguins are very popular with people people love penguins and there's so much that they can do there so much you can see in, in the Arctic you can add an attraction you know like like they have in SeaWorld or some, something that you know, would be, you know, totally out of left field where you could maybe have the interact with the pang, the, the penguins a little bit more, you know, it's a, a like a three dimensional environment where you're with, with the penguins on all, on all sides. So um, that's something that, you know, I've always thought that they should do and wish that they would do. So Alan, you know, you know, that's a, it's a great idea. Yeah. I think that's a really good idea as well, because the two trails that they have now are, very hot if it's hot out right um so that would be a nice third alternative um to get out of the heat um and out of the what always feels like the hottest park yeah it it is the hottest park (laughs) i mean there's no question about it and could you imagine i mean as good as disney is at, at creating these environments i mean they could build this big elaborate environment for the penguins and you know maybe i'm assuming they would eventually become comfortable in there and they could you know, zip around and slide around and do all that fun stuff you see, you know, when you watch like Discovery Channel where, right. you know, they, I mean, that would be so much fun to just like watch them kind of goof off and, and zip around on the ice. I mean, Disney would be able to, to to make a great environment for them. Oh, I'm sure they could. For me, I had a couple of things that um, you both had touched on, touched on, you know, the from the, the penguins to like Harmony mentioning uh, the Jungle Book. And I would love to have some sort of Jungle Book dark ride there where you know i i absolutely love the music from the jungle book so them having some sort of dark ride there would be so enjoyable especially if they could have it where there's actual animals around you 
you know, real life animals, not just animatronics. I mean, like Blue, you can you have an animatronic, but you know, I don't know if I'd really want to see a real snake. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> make that one animatronic too. <laughs> um, but you know, that'd be a great way to get some more elephants into the park, and everybody loves elephants. And have the music playing when you when you see the elephants there going on the attraction, so that would be another idea for me. Um, and lastly, I I want to see something put in from Australia. I know that the the Epcot has the Living Seas there, and then they have you know that they have the water there. But maybe having some sort of a smaller the Great Barrier Reef, some sort of like Great Barrier Reef inside there with all the tropical fishes, where you can get. A little bit more up close to it and maybe walk above it and seeing you know the beautiful colors i don't know if that's totally feasible um and also having an outback you know having maybe having a separate the steakhouse or <laughs> well they can, they can put the steakhouse in you know that a bloom and onion mate oh, I yeah. sorry sarah <laughs> i i apologize to sarah in australia that was terrible i'm sorry i'm off the show now <laughs> But can you imagine having some sort of outback there and, and seeing some real life kangaroos and koalas, you know, running around? And but once again, they have so many dangerous snakes and insects, and I don't know if I could ever go to Australia. Yeah, Sarah, I don't know how you live there with all those bugs that can kill you at any second. So uh, maybe we'll just stick to the water. That way, the well, bugs you know the zoos like they don't just let the poisonous snakes like wander around, right? <laughs> you know, they put them in cages. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to even see them. Just, just they give me the heebie-jeebies. They're behind glass, Sean. You're, it's gonna be okay. Well, Indiana Jones was behind glass too, and he still got scared. You know when they were filming it, the movie. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, uh, let's stick with the water there. I think that would be a great feature, the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. I've, I've always thought um, an aquarium of some sort, you know, would be really nice there. But they already have it at Epcot, and they're you know, probably not going to do that. But it would be really nice there. And they could even put it near the Nemo musical. There you go. That works. Get rid of um, Hester, Dino Land. Hester and Nestor, whatever the other Dino yes. Land. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no love for the Dino Land. Oh, it's not that Just bad. keep Dino right, but a giant aquarium center where the rest of Dino Land <laughs> All right, since that we're done with Animal Kingdom and we ripped that park apart, um, let's head over to Epcot and let's see what we can add here. There's, you know, we can't add um, Frozen because that's already been done. So, uh, Carmen, what are you going to do? What I really think Epcot needs is go back to its roots. And sadly, I wasn't there um, during its roots, but um, where the, really all of Innovations is, Ellen's Energy Adventure mission space take all of those out and put in new really engaging sort of the edutainment forward-looking um type attractions um you know a mix of dark rides a mix of sort of the innovation style where it's almost like an exhibit but also slightly interactive and really pull people in and make you excited about the future again because now Epcot has a lot of charm, but it, and I'm talking about the front section, obviously not World Showcase, but the front section has a lot of charm, but in a retro way. It definitely doesn't make me think of the future. And I really would love to see them um, breathe a lot of um, sort of forward thinking, um, but being careful so that it, again, it doesn't get dated quickly again, because technology right. does change. So I'm talking, think 
10 years out, not two years out. You know, what's going to happen down the line and where do we need to be heading, say, with energy? Because I'm sure when Ellen's Energy Adventure came out, it, it was very appropriate, but now it's dated. <laughs> and so th those type of things, replace those with something that gets you really excited about the future, especially kids. Um, you know, I enjoy things that kids enjoy, so I'm not worried about what adults like, but get kids really excited about the future and what's to come. I'm not sure you can argue against that. I mean, th those are all valid points. Um... The argument could be made and made very easily that Epcot has kind of lost its way in terms of uh, what it is trying to be. And, but I also, I think the only thing I would say, and, and not that I disagree with you because I don't, I agree that it should go back to that, but it's so hard. Technology advances so fast now mm -hmm. compared to 33 years ago when I was born and Epcot was born. Um, with the amount of, going back to my original art, art comment earlier about how long it takes Disney to build stuff, Mm -hmm. They pick something like, oh, this is this is the new future thing, and by the time they get it built, it was it was last year. Uh, so then they're starting over, and then and then we end up with a park full of Carousel of Progresses, which, mind you, I love, but I love it because of its because of what it is, not because of view of the future. I love it because it's a view of the past, and that's not Epcot. I just don't I don't know if it's feasible for Epcot to be, or at least the front part of Epcot, uh, Future World. I don't know if Epcot will ever be able to be Future World again. I just don't know if it's feasible. I, mean, I hate to be the, the Donnie Downer on the show, but I just, I really don't know if that's possible anymore, which is sad. What would you do with the front if not um, go back to Future World? What would you call it and what would you turn it into? Well, I mean, I think the, I think the attractions like Mission Space, which I'm not a big Mission Space fan, but I mean, that's not necessarily science future, timey-wimey, you know, wibbly-wobbly, as, as the doctor would say, but it's it's something that most of us are never going to get to experience with space travel. So that's, even though space travel is not in the future, that is something that's exciting. So I think you need to focus on things like that that are, you know, probably out of reach of the majority of us. Um, and they're still science-based, and they're still based on technology and and what we might be able to do one day, even though it will probably never happen in our lifetime kind of a thing. I mean, I don't have a good answer. I I, I want what you want. I just don't know if it's ever going to be possible again. Um, as far as Ellen, Ellen is quaint. Um, I think I think Ellen is actually funny. Her stand-up comedy, I think, is actually pretty good, if you've ever heard it. Um, but her and Bill and I are not really valid to the energy uh, conversation anymore. But I used to love Universe of Energy when I was a kid because I was like a lot of young boys. I was into dinosaurs. I loved dinosaurs. So I loved Universe of Energy just because of the dinosaurs. And my nephew was big into dinosaurs. So I know that little boys are still into dinosaurs. Little, probably little girls too. I don't mean to be that way. But kids love dinosaurs. So I hate to see them take the dinosaurs out. But I don't know that dinosaurs turning into oil is <laughs> something that is, um, you know, advanced anymore. Well, what if they had, um, you know, the Big Bang Theory? What if they had, you know, Sheldon has uh, um, fun with signs or whatever it is. He has fun with Double dinosaurs. Flags. You know, he can have fun with dinosaurs, and and they could put Sheldon in, in in the universe of energy instead. I mean, actually, that would be that would be pretty funny, wouldn't it? Too bad, I don't think too bad that's um, CBS. Yeah, I guess I and not BBC, but that would be awesome. I would. I would love Sheldon in the universe of energy. Oh my god, I would, I would die to see that. I know my wife would too. It would be the funniest thing. Yeah, that would be great, actually. Well, I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with the concept of the ride. It just needs updated. 
Oh, no, I, I understand. I know you weren't trying to, to pull it out. And you're right, it does need updating. And they could even have Ellen update it. She's still around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it needs nice to too. be modernized a little. Yeah, because a lot of the facts are out of date now, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, yeah, that, that, that attraction could easily be upgraded or changed. But I think in order for them to do that, I think they had to add a new attraction into that park. I don't, I don't think that park could handle it with especially with you know fast pass plus having less attractions being available in this day and age right i agree i mean alex trebek doesn't even have a mustache anymore so that's <laughs> way out of date so for me epcot this one originally i thought this was going to be the hardest one for me but it actually wasn't i would actually want to change you know the front part of epcot and make it more into the world's fair type of experience um where one where you can have um you know a big convention hall where you can have visiting expos every you know if they want to if some kind of show wants to stay for a year you know invite companies from the outside to come in and design some sort of attraction that could stay a year or two and then just get a, a you know something new and fresh every year or two um, and you probably will bring people, you know, sort of a mini World's Fair that's going to happen in Epcot. And I would also bring the Carousel of Progress back, uh, not back to Epcot, but I would put that in Epcot because I think I think it fits into Epcot's ideas a lot more than it does the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole idea for me is, you know, there's so much popularity with the idea of the World's Fair now, um, especially with the movie Tomorrowland. I know the movie Tomorrowland wasn't as popular as Disney was hoping, but I think if you focus more on, on, on the World's Fair and the idea of the World's Fair, of what it brought to people, what it made people think or make people believe that was going to happen in the future, you know, taking your idea of, you know, trying to think 10 years out, well, you certainly could do that, would have some, some sort of traveling expo that would come in every year or two. Um, with fresh ideas and you know it'll get people thinking again so you know that will bring back epcot back to its roots and that's something i would love to see i think that's a great idea because everyone would want to be there so you'd have people coming up with some really amazing things just to get selected to be part of that world's fair yeah i mean can you just imagine like if apple came in or did and did something or i mean even samsung came in and you know show what their ideas for the future are um i mean there's just so many companies out there that you know are so forward thinking that you know they deserve to or they should be there showing what people can expect or people should want and you know they might you know if they if they have something that's coming out in five years and they and they get people interested in it now you know that could help push the product when it's coming out, you know, later on down the line to get people more and more interested in it now. And they're going to be used to it with uh, some kind of odd idea that's off the wall, you know, so getting the opportunity to get it into people's hands and their minds now is an easier transition to something that some kind of could be some, something so radical later on. Mm-hmm. You know what Epcot needs? They need more booze. Let's be honest. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> A brewery. More. Well, you know what? I actually, I was talking to my wife about that, and I think I brought this up on the show. They need to turn the old Odyssey building into a craft beer slash gastropub place. Sorry, they Carmen, would, you can't come in. I'm sorry. They would just make Aww. tons of money. You can't, can't drink the beer. She can't drink the beer. 
Yeah, no gluten, no beer. There is gluten-free beer. There are gluten-free but... craft beers out there. Is there? Yeah, it's yeah. just not that common. Gotcha. No, it's not very common, but there are there are gluten-free craft beers now because gluten-free is becoming a... Um, Did you say gluten-free very... crap beer? No, gluten-free craft beer. <laughs> oh, you said crap beer. Oh, I'm sorry. From, from what I've heard, it's um, not very good. I've never had a gluten-free I, I beer. Have, but... I have had some. Yeah, I forgot. I did have some. Um, a, friend of, a friend of mine brought me a six-pack and... It wasn't that great. It wasn't terrible. I've had worse beer, but it, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I've never it's... tried it because I wasn't a big beer drinker before the gluten thing, so I've just never bought it. But I have seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's out there, but you can still come in. You just can't drink the beer. It's not. It's not <laughs> only for beer drinkers because I'm. I'd say I'd do a craft beer and like a gastro pub. Where you, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to like one of those gastro pubs where they. They take like pub food, but they make it all fancy. I mean, right, that's yeah. essentially the what it is. But I mean, they could they could make a ton of money. I mean, there's yeah, and they might as well have a full bar if they're going to have uh, exactly. craft beer and gastro pub, and they've got a full bar, then I'm all set. There you go. But you know, there's so many. Um, I mean, you know, Cigar City Brewing in Tampa Bay is is really really great. So that's close. Um, you got Florida Beer Company there in Orlando. They do some pretty good stuff, and they already basically own Sam Adams in terms of always having Sam Adams something down there. Right. And I could argue off the air about whether or not Sam Adams is a true craft brewery, but bottom line is, is there a craft brewery that is approachable to the entire country because of how big they are? And right. they do make some good seasonal brews still, so they could, I mean, they could they could have like eight, nine taps of craft beer back there, um, have, have food, put TVs out like they did for the World Cup, uh, a couple years back, and I think it would be great. So yeah, I've I've argued that on this show before, I believe, and then I was yep. actually just talking about it last night with my wife about how great that would be. Um, I mean, we know Epcot loves to sell alcohol, so <laughs> <laughs> it, it it probably would make plenty of money. Well, and then since it's sort of in future world, it would open before 11 a.m. so people could start even That's early. That's true. <laughs> hey, see, I like your thinking. Alright, so since everybody here is drunk, let's head over to the Magic <laughs> Kingdom and sober up. And uh, Carmen, go ahead, start it off. Well, Disney sort of stole one of my ideas, which was to come up with some type of immersive restaurant that has really great theming, like Be Our Guest, but not Be Our Guest. And their remurder, I guess it's semi-official announcement of having some type of Adventureland Jungle Cruise themed restaurant yes. um, sort of took that sort of idea. I feel like Magic Kingdom is really lacking in dining options for the amount of people that are there. Um, I should say good dining options. They have a lot of dining options, but um, I would also replace Tony's with something. Um, again, I know it has a, a small theme going on, but a, a much more robust theme. It's prime real estate right there as you walk into the park and it's probably one of the poorest rated restaurants on property um, that I'm aware of. I, I'd never hear people say great things about it. Um, so replace that with some type of property that people are really excited about and again do that fully immersive theme um, 
they've been going that direction and I think it's the right direction. I mean, Be Our Guest is a great example. People want to go there even if they're not huge Beauty and the Beast fans just because it's so immersive and it feels right. like you're walking into a castle and the atmosphere. So that would be, I'd, I'd replace Tony's with something immersive and they should continue with their Jungle Cruise that they're already doing. And then the other thing I really think the Magic Kingdom needs is a really large venue show that would really grab people. And yeah, I know they already have Frozen over at the you know, studios, but something that especially young kids are extremely excited about and would be begging to go to. So whether that's a different type of Frozen show or a Tangled show, some type of really large stage show that would get everyone excited, and especially kids, because I'm sure we all agree Magic Kingdom has a capacity issue. Even on not very crowded days, it still feels very crowded. And if you had a really, really large capacity um, venue, um, I don't know where they would put it. I know that's an issue with Magic Kingdom. Um, but I really think that would help with the crowd distribution because the, the quote, shows that they have are not, I don't think, huge draws. Um, I mean, Mickey's Magic is great. I love it. But it's not something I have to do every trip. Um, the Country Bears, I do not like. What is your first mistake? <laughs> not doing pan or, um, Magic every trip. That's, a, that's the problem right there, actually. Sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's all right. But, I mean, there's never a wait for it. And I know it's a large um, venue, but it's not something people are lining up in advance to get into, typically. At least not when I'm there. And um, same with Country Bears. Really same with Tiki Room. <laughs> Sorry to mention your namesake, but there's not huge waits for these. I don't think any of those should go away. They're, they're great, but just add another really large venue with some new property that's going to get younger kids very excited. I, I agree. All those attractions are, are lovely, but I'll admit that I don't go see the namesake of our show every trip. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. I think they need, you know, those are... Those have the ability to hold a lot of people, but they don't because they're not super popular. But I also think, and, and maybe I'm taking this a step further than where you were going, but I think they need a truly larger venue thing, something to the scale of Lights, Motors, Action. And I don't mean a stunt show or whatever, but something that holds that many people. That's exactly what I know. mean. I think if yeah. they could pull that many people out of the park several times a day, that would greatly improve the wait times for everything. It would. Because, I mean, let's be honest, even if, you know, the, the attractions you mentioned, Tiki Room, Country Bears, uh, Philhar Magic, even if those, let's, let's just hypothetically speaking, those were still selling out, you know, every um, every performance, every, you know, rotation of the attraction, and you're still not talking about big-time people eaters in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they are compared to a boat on Pirates of the Caribbean or, you know, a log on Splash Mountain, but uh, they're not the big one, like... I mean, even like, I mean, obviously, Lightsmender's action is huge, but even if you just looked at something like the Beauty and the Beast show at Hollywood mm -hmm. Studios, that, that takes up a good amount of people. It takes up a good amount of time. The Indiana Jones stunt show takes up a ton of people and a lot of time. Uh, you know, they, they need something like that. So I, I definitely agree with you about that. Which they can easily, space-wise, that's the problem. But there's so many things that they could take it from, from princesses to, to Mickey to, um, you know, doing some sort of Disney Junior thing there as well. I mean, there's just so many options for them to come up with. I mean, 
I guess it's just a space issue, and that's why they don't do it, and that's why they have so many stage shows during the day. But but then again, you know, people don't necessarily want to just stand there for 20, 30 minutes to watch something. They much rather sit, so it's a lot mm-hmm. more comfortable, and you can enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it is probably a space issue, but I think that would really improve the park more than adding another attraction. I would love to see another attraction, meaning a ride or, or something like that. But I don't think that would solve the issue, the crowding issue. Um, it would just create another Seven Dwarfs Mine Train line, whatever the new shiny thing of the day. Right. Whereas if we yeah. add a, a large venue, um, like they're talking about that Tangled musical they're putting on the cruise ship, um, add that um, in a very large venue, um, I think that would draw a lot of people or, or something similar. And I think, I mean, and it's funny to say this because Walt Disney World Resort is what, 43 square miles? Is that right? So to say that space is an issue seems kind of wrong, but I just think that I don't know that they could expand much more at the Magic Kingdom because of the way it's laid out. Um, no, but they, I think could. They, they still have space. Well, no, they could. It's, I know there's just space, but it would be you know, laying out paths so you don't have bottlenecks and things like that, and, and getting into you're having to take over backstage deck backstage stuff. Um, and I know they're they're supposed to be cutting a road through. Is is the last thing I heard right? Aren't they cutting a, uh, an entrance road from the north part of property right. through? Um, so, I mean, that they're going to have to do that stuff first and kind of get an infrastructure built, I think. But honestly, I think a big thing that's going to help Magic Kingdom in terms of uh, crowd control is Star Wars Land, Pixar Place, Avatar, you know, Pandora, whatever. Getting more people to go to those other parks is going to be a big part of the Magic Kingdom because, like Carmen just said, you know, whatever the holy grail of attractions is, and they build it at Magic Kingdom, all you're doing is turning it into Seven Drawers Mine Coaster, just like she said. That's not fixing anything. That's actually just making it worse on the two, three, or four headline attractions. You need to get people to stop going to Magic Kingdom every day. They're still going to go, yeah. but you need to spread out. If there's a, Ideally, I think in Disney's mind, let's say a million people go to Walt Disney World per day. And I don't know if that's even, I don't know, no, I don't know how those numbers work. But, but just because it's easy numbers, if there's a million people, they want 250,000 people to go to each one of the parks. Because it's just easier for them. It's more spread out. That would be ideal, I think, for them. Well, just like last week, they or two weeks ago, whenever it was, they released, uh, whoever the company is, released the, the theme park numbers, attendance numbers. Magic Kingdom came in, like I think it was like 19.5 million, somewhere between 19 and 19.5 million. And I think the next park was like 11 million, which was Epcot. And then the other two were like a million behind that. That right there is telling you that there's a problem, that if there's 8 million more people, or whatever it is, 7, 8 million more people going to the Magic Kingdom per year, then the next closest park, you have a serious problem. That means people are va- are valuing the Magic Kingdom to be much better um, money-wise, and there's a lot more things to do. So you need to get other attractions into those other parks so you can get people away from the Magic Kingdom. Because the Magic yeah. Kingdom... There's things breaking left and right. You know, there's, look at the the pirates. I mean, that's going to be shut. That is shut down for uh, three months or whatever it is. And that's not the first time it's being shut down for months at a time. All those attractions, because there's so many people going on it and they have such late hours, they need to get other attractions in the other parks to get millions of people out of that park and into the other parks. That's true. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But then, the, and then, but then the 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 the, the trick is getting people to go to Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, but also 
just continuing to I mean you still need to improve the Magic Kingdom they still need to do a people eating show like Herman just said they still need to do something to Magic Kingdom but it can't be just Magic Kingdom now you could argue that you know they, they just did a big huge upgrade to Magic Kingdom and now they're doing it elsewhere you know with Star Wars coming and, and Pandora being worked on and the expansion of Harambe and uh, the, the the water parade that they're going to have at Animal Kingdom whatever it's supposed to, what is it supposed to be called uh, River of Lights. Rivers of Light, yeah. So, I mean, all of that is being designed to pull some people over, and it's going to take some time. But you know, you're, you're, Sean, you're, you're dead on that. There's just too too many people going to Magic Kingdom, and and not enough upkeep because they can't they can't afford to take stuff offline if eight million more people a year are going to that park. And I, sometimes I wonder if they think that um, Downtown Disney, Disney Springs is going to be that answer because they, uh, they're building so many restaurants over there. I mean, is it really necessary to have another eight, ten restaurants down there? I don't know if that's the case, but to be honest with you, Disney Springs isn't something I'm going down to Disney World for. I'm going to go check it out, but I'm not going to be going down there every single night for dinner. I want to stay in the parks. If I'm spending, mm-hmm. if I'm spending. Um, you know, a hundred dollars a day, eighty dollars a day to go into the parks, depending on how long I'm staying there. If I'm not in there, you know, ten, twelve hours a day, I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. I'm not going in there for six hours. I'm not going to get no, my money's worth that way. I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the goal of Disney Springs. Disney Springs isn't built for you and me who go once a year or whatever. Disney Springs is built for the locals. That's Disney trying to get more money out of the people that come a lot because. The locals, of course it is. Yeah, I know. You know I understand that's what that. It's yeah. for. So it's going to get us because all those restaurants, and I would argue against your point that Disney doesn't need more restaurants. Disney always needs more restaurants. That's their bread. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, no well, the parks need more <laughs> but, restaurants. <laughs> well, the parks do too. But I mean, you know, a good restaurant's a good restaurant. People will drive to or go to Disney Springs to go to the boathouse. I'm just using that as an example. If if it has this great reputation, I mean, you know, look at, uh, you know, look at how popular Boma is, and anyway, that's way out in Animal Kingdom Lodge. And I love the Animal Kingdom Lodge, but it's a bit, it's a bit out there, you know. But you know, Disney Springs is is designed for the locals. They're just trying to get more money out of the locals instead of people going to City Walk or whatever Universal. Yeah, I would agree with that because I'm the same way. I don't spend a lot of time at Downtown Disney slash Disney Springs. We spend maybe two three hours tops per trip and that's when we're there for eight days if we were there any less than that i don't think i would go at all when we go visit it we'll go a couple we'll go a couple of times per trip but we don't spend but yeah we we don't spend a ton of time there but we do go check it out quite often because we enjoy walking around Um, but as far as what i would do to the magic kingdom i you know it's everything i've said in terms of what would how would they add it and, and keep the flow well that's the hard thing um, they do need restaurants carmen nailed that and i've said that a lot they're the dining restaurants there or at least the table service restaurants are, are not really very, very appealing other than be our guest to me um, so i'd love to see them expand there if i had and this is probably going to be like a cheating answer but if i had a fairy godmother that would come down i would just have her fix everything just poof it's all it's all back to the way it's supposed to be um the all the animatronics working on splash mountain um all the animatronics working on pirates the you know everything that's broken on pirates is back to normal 
Philhar magic, which is a personal favorite of, of my wife's, and, and therefore I, you know, I go see it a lot too. Clean that joint up, man. That, that stuff is, it's the seats in there are nasty now, and the scent stuff doesn't work half the time. Like, it's not timed right, so the pie smell comes like five seconds after right. the pie's off the right. screen. It just needs some TLC. The whole park needs some TLC, except for basically New Fantasyland. Um, but that would be my fix. I know that's a cop-out, but honestly, that's what I would do, is just fix what's there. And then we'll worry about making it better. But let's get it back to the way it needs to be before we worry about improving it. So uh, my idea is going to happen over at Tom Sawyer Island. I think that one of the, one of the things that, that happens with the Magic Kingdom is that they need something a little bit that's a little more boy-centric, younger boy-centric. And I thought that, granted, you have Pirates of the Caribbean attraction, but I thought that maybe turning that island into a Pirates-themed experience for for young boys. I mean, you, you already have the caverns now, but make it some sort of treasure hunt. You know, you can have animatronics in the cave and you know the the kid the boys are girls too of course you do you can literally go over there and go on, on a, a real true interactive um hunt you know treasure hunt using ipads and all this kind of technology that's out there using your magic band something needs to be done more for boys i know that i know that you have the interactors like an interactive experience that i've done with my son over right by pirates but i think it needs to be more immersive i think them moving something over to that area and making it a whole lot more fun for the boys you know and that's just something just to walk around and and just tap the thing and, and make it go off but using an ipad to you know send you know command or or work your storyline and like create your storyline on the ipad and maybe create your own character where you know you could be a pirate you know who you know was from spain or something like that instead of the caribbean and you know just having all these different adventures that you can go on not just one trip you know you know it could send you to different points of the island and you can have it could be you know a, it could eat up you know quite a few you know people and children out there on the island which could be a lot of fun for you know young families that's a really good idea but i think they need to either build a bridge or get a faster raft oh of <laughs> because course if you put something really popular over there that poor raft would probably end up sinking oh i'm sure yeah that's don't they, don't they do that at disneyland isn't the didn't they turn Tom Sawyer Island into a pirate slayer at Disneyland? Did they? I don't know. I think so. Well, if they did, I'm sorry. I'm Googling it. Pirate, pirate slayer on Tom Sawyer Island, Disneyland Resort. Brave and adventure all your own oh, at the secret island hideaway inspired by the stories of Mark Twain. So it's like a pirate slayer slash Tom Sawyer. But that's yeah, that's on Tom Sawyer Island at Disneyland. So huh. that is a good idea. I think Disney, Disney should do that. <laughs> all right. Anybody else have anything else? Negative. All right. That's it. All right, Carmen, you know that um, everybody that comes on this show gets to play the Tiki Lightning Round, no matter who they are. So, uh-huh. everybody... gets to, is required to, yep. uh, semantics. <laughs> so, uh, question number one your favorite snack? I guess the ice cream macaroon in France. Oh, okay. We never had that one before. Favorite attraction? Yeah, those are, those are so good. The chocolate ones? And they're gluten free. <laughs> so you're, that's probably why you're getting different answers. You're going to get Even a answer. Did you try the pumpkin? Have you been down and tried the pumpkin one? I did. I tried it in November and it was really good. Yeah, it's really good. I think the chocolate's better, but pumpkin was pretty solid. Favorite attraction? People mover. Favorite character? Ooh. Jack Skellington. Favorite movie? 
This probably changes day to day, but today I'm going to go with Tangled. And your favorite Disney Park memory? Hmm, that's a tough one. There's been so many good times. And I don't have anything like Alan and the proposal on the <laughs> Main Street or anything. <laughs> actually, that actually reminds me of a good memory. We went for many years and I didn't realize that you could ride those trolleys and, you know, the different vehicles that go up and down Main Street. Right. And the woman pulled over that was driving the little, it's the trolley car, and said, do you want to ride? And we're like, sure, because <laughs> we didn't know that you could get on it. And she was just amazing and really made the trip kind of magical getting dropped off at the castle. It'd be different if we knew about it and actually stood there and waited for it. But just having something spontaneous, I think those are the little things that make Disney magical. Um, not the standing in line for some planned character greet, but those spontaneous moments that happen due to just really amazing cast members or being in the right place at the right time. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's, that's what makes Disney stand out from the other parks, other other places. Yep, absolutely. It's the spontaneous moments that are the ones that you remember, not the... Splash Mountain's great, but it's Splash Mountain. It's, you, you know, everybody gets the same experience on that, but you know, not everybody gets a random cast member saying, hop in, let me give you a ride, like you right. guys did. Right, exactly. And she was just amazing, too. She's chatting with us the whole way down, and, you know telling me that I look too young to be married and things like that. She's like, she was just fantastic, really charming. Those are good memories, for sure. Yep. All right, well, that's going to do it. But before we go, uh, Carmen, why don't you take this opportunity to uh, you know, promote anything that you want to promote, tell everybody your social media stuff, all that sort of thing. Okay. Um, if they'd like to watch our vlogs, you can find us on YouTube. You can either search for The Adventures of Peas and Carrots, or you can type in youtube.com slash the adventures of P and C. Um, you can find me on Twitter, which is where I spend most of my time at peas and carrots with the number three after it. So it's peas, A N D, carrots, and the number three. And um, those are really the best ways to get in touch. And I am on Twitter every day and love to chat with people. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and join us. We know you, uh, you like to go to bed a little early, but. <laughs> We kept you up late tonight, and we appreciate you, uh, you you doing that for us. Oh, it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on the show. Love the show. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Loot Crate, the world's greatest subscription box for geeks, gamers, comic book fans, and Disney fans. For more information, visit their site at lootcrate.com slash tiki-talk. Be sure to let us know what you thought of the show. Comment in the notes over at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. Email us at podcast at EnchantedTikiTalk.com. And leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline, which is 256-4MY-TIKI. That's 256-469-8454. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook. Check out our store at Red.com. And follow us on Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. Lastly, if you enjoy the show, please take the time to rate us on iTunes. And you can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's one M I N Disney Dream and MouseWorldVacations.com. And Keith, you can find on all social social medias at Dole Whip Daily. We're not sure if he's going to ever return, but that's where you can find him. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Norman Bates. That's N-O-R-M-N-B, the number eight and the letter S. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith and our guest, Carmen, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha.
And it's been so long since we've recorded, I forgot to get you. So we're going to go back and get you, Carmen, real quick. <laughs> it's been so long since we've recorded, I'm, I'm, I'm off. <laughs> so we'll pretend that I haven't done that whole closing thing yet, and I'll say, um, what do I normally say? I don't even know. Well, thanks for coming on. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, no, but there's always uh, there's something I have to like lead into it. I remember. <laughs>